Fort Worth. Co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. And what a treat to be live from one of our wonderful affiliates here in Washington, D.C., WMET of the wonderful Guadalupe Radio Network. It is AM 1160, and I'm here broadcasting live from the studios. And thanks to Matthew Bunsen and the team here at EW10, along with a young man named Juan, someone new that I met this morning. I'll talk about him in a minute. Just amazing people that work here at the network. But anywho, the reason I am here in D.C. is because, as you may have heard, I've been really promoting it because it is such an important event. Because we need to know, as Archbishop Chaput always says, how the media works so they don't work on us. EWTN News and Franciscan University of Steubenville are co-sponsoring a powerful journalism conference this weekend here in our nation's capital at the Bible Museum. You may still register online. All you need to do is go to franciscanedu, right, edu. It's right there on the homepage. You can also go to EWTN.com, and there's also a great story on it on the register that was posted, I think, what's today, Friday? I think it was posted on Wednesday. But just do a Google search, Journalism in a Post-Truth World. It's only $10 to register. And I was chatting with Dr. Bunsen yesterday, and apparently they already have several hundred people registered online and we have close to 200 are coming in person this weekend so very excited i'm sure there'll be a lot of journalism students there hopefully there'll be some media folks there as well because i'm excited to hear the speakers because there's so many really really well-experienced people in the industry and beyond that are speaking and also excited to hear from the president of steubenville and of course our own michael warsaw it's going to be a great weekend and for more information you can still sign up online and monitor it if you know anyone If you have a student in your family that's interested in communications at all and wants to make sure that as a Catholic, when they're working, say, in the secular media or if they decide to go into conservative media or a Catholic outlet, that they understand, again, what that means. What is that supposed to look like? Unfortunately, as the summary says on the homepage, what we have now is a lot of, and I'm paraphrasing, basically advocacy journalism in the secular media and the secular media in general being extremely hostile to anything even slightly teeny teeny bit right of center so i'll be talking more about this in fact check friday before we get to fact check friday we have doug keck with us always an enjoyment for me to sit down with doug and chat not only about what's coming up in the network and the important season of lent for example this time of year but just in general we'll talk about the world and what's happening and then wrapping up with another dynamo steve ray well known to our audiences author convert speaker and fearless pilgrimage leader this is a really interesting topic something that we have not discussed before and it's something that he says is a big part of his powerful talk swimming upstream which by the way is a great presentation that steve does about catholics being like salmons and swimming upstream against a culture i actually think it should be a new book for him uh it'd be just so much great material but those that he's going to the story of those he's going to share with us this morning feast to the 40 martyrs Amazing soldiers during the Roman persecution. I'm just going to leave it at that and let Steve tell, as Paul Harvey used to say, the rest of the story. Well, you know what? It seems as if 
the weather, winter is much worse now when it's supposed to be getting milder than it was in January and February for many of us. Michigan's getting clobbered today with heavy snow. It's going to end by the end of the day, and it'll be back to somewhat normal temperatures, mid-30s, about 40 degrees tomorrow. But Andrew told me driving into the studio in Ann Arbor today was really rough. And we are not alone. There's a winter storm producing some pretty big amounts of snow in the high terrain of northern and central California and significant rainfall and flood threats across much of that western state, as well as into the western parts of nearby Nevada. A winter storm continuing to bring several inches of snow and gusty winds across the lower Great Lakes into the northern mid-Atlantic. Both storms may cause travel disruption. So I feel for you. We're not alone. There's lots of folks experiencing this uh, late winter, almost spring weather. Speaking of spring, when I landed in D.C. last night, I got in the cab and I'm looking around and some of the cherry blossoms are in bloom. Seriously. That's not happening in Michigan. I'm just saying. It's actually pretty mild here uh, today. We are going to be getting some rain. It's going to be high in the uh, mid-40s to probably 50, maybe even low 50s today. It was very comfortable yesterday, a high of about 52 degrees. It is already five minutes past the hour. As you can imagine, a lot of news to get through. So let's get started. It is a Friday morning. We are live from WMET, Guadalupe Radio's AM 1160, Catholic Connection. And we are going to be reporting today. A little bit later on, and I'll have a full report, especially on the Sunrise Morning Show on Monday morning, Journalism in a Post-Truth World. Let's get started with the news on a Friday. Mark Mayfield has the update on a horrible situation in Germany, a shooting there, leaving at least seven people dead and several hurt. The attack was carried out Thursday in the northern city of Hamburg at a building used by Jehovah's Witnesses. It's believed that more than two dozen people were shot. Police say somebody who could be the gunman was among those who died. Shelter-in-place alerts were put in place, but they have since been lifted. A motive remains unclear. Pope Francis meeting with those taking part in an interreligious dialogue group between the Holy See and Palestine. And as Devin Watkins reports, he's recalling the universal value of Jerusalem for the three major religions. He met with participants on Thursday in the Vatican. In his greetings, the Pope highlighted the spiritual significance of Jerusalem, which formed the theme chosen for the meeting. He reiterated the appeal he made in 2019 with the King of Morocco, as he called for Jerusalem to be considered by everyone as the common patrimony of humanity and especially of the followers of the three monotheistic religions, as a place of encounter and as a symbol of peaceful coexistence. The Gospels, said the Pope, note that Jerusalem was the setting for many of the events of Jesus' life. It was in the holy city that the Lord was presented in the temple and was where he taught and performed miracles and the place where he completed his mission through his passion, death, and resurrection. Jerusalem also has universal value, he said, as seen from its very name, which means city of peace. The Pope recalled Jesus' words spoken near the holy city before his passion. As he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, Would that even today you knew the things that make for peace. Pope Francis encouraged the members of the Holy See Palestine Joint Working Group to dwell on the significance of Jesus' words and his tears for Jerusalem. How many men and women, Jews, Christians, and Muslims, he said, have wept and in our day continue to weep for Jerusalem, which is like a mother who desires peace for her suffering children. In conclusion, Pope Francis urged the working group to recall the value of compassion as they reflect on their love for Jerusalem. 
God's compassion for Jerusalem, he concluded, must become our own, more powerful than any ideology or political alignment. I'm Devin Watkins. The Mexican drug cartel behind the kidnapping and murders of Americans apologizing. Reporter Morgan Chesky explains the Gulf cartel left a note saying the gunman who kidnapped four Americans and killed two of them said they weren't acting on orders from cartel leadership. The letter includes apologies to the people of Matamoros, the Mexican woman who was killed, and the families of the Americans. The Gulf Cartel also saying they turned over the gunman to Mexican police. The kidnappings and murders happened just across the border from Brownsville, Texas. A warmer atmospheric river taking aim at a snow-weary California. The National Weather Service and its meteorologist Bill Ross saying California needs to brace for potential flooding over the next several days. There's going to be a lot of water coming down as rain and also the melt that is expected to melt at least the snow in the two to 4,000 feet area. Rain is expected to pound the Sacramento Valley today and tomorrow and the weekend with the heaviest downpour in the morning. The National Weather Service has issued a flood watch through Sunday for elevations below 4,000 feet. Snow returning to higher elevations at around 8,500 feet. Another wet system, by the way, rolling in next week, Monday and Tuesday, bringing rain to the valley and Sierra foothills, renewed flooding concerns, heavy mountain snow and gusty winds. Danielle Martindale, meanwhile, tells us that anyone planning to go to Lake Tahoe is also out of luck for the next several days. Another winter storm is pounding the region, likely forcing the closure of mountain passes in the Sierra. Carson Pass near Kirkwood could see more than eight feet of snow in the coming days. The Ebbets, Sonora, and Chioga mountain passes are also forecast to receive more than eight feet of snow. Donner Summit could receive five to six and a half feet of snow, and Echo Summit could get between two and two and a half feet of snow. The storm that arrived Thursday afternoon is bringing rain to communities below 7,000 feet, which includes most towns around Lake Tahoe. Authorities there are concerned about snow melt causing flooding and roof collapses. A top Republican claiming Dr. Anthony Fauci lied and tried to cover up the COVID lab leak theory. That's Kentucky Senator Rand Paul, who says Fauci pushed U.S. taxpayer-funded research at the Chinese Wuhan lab and then later tried to downplay that lab leak theory to cover his tracks. Fauci lied about funding the lab. He lied about it being gain-of-function. And he lied as part of an elaborate cover-up. Paul believes Fauci should be prosecuted. This week, GOP House subcommittee members claim to have uncovered new email evidence suggesting Dr. Fauci prompted the drafting of a publication to disprove the Chinese lab leak theory. And Democrats say, even with the FBI also saying COVID escaped from the Wuhan lab, they're not convinced yet. Job cuts to begin the year, reaching a level not seen since 2009. That is according to the employment firm Challenger Gray and Christmas. It says there were more than 180,000 job cuts in those two months. The tech sector was hit especially hard, as more than a third of those layoffs were in that industry. The woman in the National City arrested for, in National City, arrested for having a relationship with a 13-year-old student after being named one of the Teachers of the Year in San Diego County, is now facing even more charges. The woman is a teacher at Lincoln Acres Elementary and has been arrested again on additional felony charges. However, Jacqueline Ma, according to city police, they're only referring to one of her charges involving the underage victim in their announcement. Brian Shook tells us the American Airline Pilots Union allowing for a vote to strike to move forward. 
The union announced on Thursday it's authorized a strike vote that will happen next month. Union officials say the airline must demonstrate the same level of commitment to bargaining that other management teams have shown in recent months. The announcement comes two days after American CEO Robert Isom said that the airline would provide the same profit-sharing formula and wage increases that were approved by Delta. Norfolk Southern CEO Alan Shaw says a company plans to invest more money into the areas affected by the train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. He also says he'll stick with the communities for as long as it takes. This comes after he testified to the Senate Committee on Environment and Public Works yesterday morning. He apologized for the derailment and said they have committed to over $21 million to East Palestine and $7.5 million to Pennsylvania for their affected communities. Pennsylvania Senator Bob Casey testifying he wants to seek Norfolk Southern support, the Bipartisan Railway Safety Act. And the 30-year mortgage rate is hitting its highest mark since November. Freddie Mac saying the rate is at 6.73%, the fifth straight week that the figure has gone up. That steady increase comes as interest rates will likely be increased yet again by the Fed. Speaking to Congress this week, Chair Jerome Powell hinting rates could go up faster depending on a new economic data that's coming out. And federal investigators releasing new information on Tuesday's deadly plane crash that killed four people in Winter Haven, Florida. Lynn Spencer with the National Transportation Safety Board says a Piper Cherokee operated by a student pilot was turning left on a runway approach to Winter Haven Airport announcing on radio just before it collided with a seaplane. And came nose to nose with the Cub, which attempted an evasive maneuver. The NTSB has recovered both planes from the lake where they crashed and will take the wreckage to Jacksonville. Spencer says they're urging the pilot school and seaplane company to hold stand downs for safety retraining. A U.S. airman who was killed in action during World War II on his way back home to Texas after more than 80 years. A defense POW MIA accounting agency says 31-year-old Sergeant Frank Farrell of Roby, Texas, was killed in August of 1943 when his bomber was shot down during Operation Tidal Wave. He was then buried in an unmarked grave in Romania until his remains were identified in January of this year. The sergeant will now be buried in Sylvester, Texas, on a date that has yet to be determined. And finally, in our new segment at 14 minutes past the hour on a Friday morning, live from our nation's capital at our Guadalupe radio affiliate, WMET, a four-syllable word, as Lucinda Kay reports, gets a California youngster to the national spelling bee yet again. For the second year in a row, the seventh grader claims the top spot in the 53rd annual San Diego Union Tribune countywide spelling bee. Mahir Kankapaka is a seventh grader in Poway. The Mesa Verde middle school student battled through eight rounds, and for the win, Mahir correctly spelled exaflation. Oh, you know, it's a Latin word. Exaflation means forcible breathing or a serious exhale. Doctors use the technique in hospitals. Mahir will now represent the county at the Scripps National Spelling Bee. It is a Friday morning. Great to be with you. And we come back in about two minutes. We'll be checking in with Doug Keck, our president and chief operating officer, letting you know about all the great programming this weekend and next week during Lent and beyond. And also wanted to say thank you to the team here at WMET and our studios of EWTN News Nightly, which is right down the hall in Washington. And a big thank you to a young man, Juan, who's been a great help to me, met me in the lobby this morning, had a cup of coffee for me, a sweet, sweet young man, 26 years young, telling me a little bit of a story. He discerned the priesthood and then decided the priesthood wasn't for him. He has a background in engineering, auto engineering, and actually went to work for 
Gloria Estefan for a while. How fascinating. And the Lord led him here to EWTN Studios in Washington. He's been here ever since. And so he said he's kind of, you know, still discerning. He loves it. He's been here for about a year and just loves being here. And I said, well, I gave him a little advice. And I said, not that he asked for it, but, you know, I just was talking about my favorite saint. We got on the topic of St. Teresa of Avila. And I said, you're probably familiar with her prayer, right? Let nothing disturb you. I said, check out the prayer in the hands of God. It's great for discernment. Try to read it as often as possible. I read it frequently because every single day should be all about discernment. And St. Teresa, she says, I am yours. I was made for you. What do you want me to do? That's a question we all should be asking as often as possible. We'll be right back. This is Conversations with Consequences, where we delve deeper into issues affecting our church, our country, and our core, the family. As Catholics, we need to be informed, aware, and able to talk through some of the tough topics that we're facing in our culture and in our world. Conversations with Consequences gives us the tools to do so. It's not enough to pray. We have to be a light for the world. Conversations with Consequences, tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. The National Eucharistic Congress is teaming up with Catholic Men's Leadership Alliance to bring you a free online Linton event for men. Join Dr. Edward Street, Bishop Andrew Cousins, and John Michael Lucido. Hello, I'm Bishop Andrew Cousins, and I'm delighted to invite you to join me March 11th from 11 to 1 Central. We're going to talk about the Eucharist and what a difference it makes to learn to live a Eucharistic life in Lent. Sign up for the Heroic Men Summit at HeroicMen.com. Ave Maria Mutual Funds does not invest in companies engaged in abortion, pornography, embryonic stem cell research, and those making corporate contributions to Planned Parenthood. Ave Maria Mutual Funds has a zero-tolerance policy that helps ensure investments align with moral beliefs. Ave Maria Mutual Funds may be contacted at 1-866-AVE-MARIA or online at AveMariaFunds.com. A proud sponsor of Ave Maria Radio. You don't want to miss a thing. Always go to our website, EWTN.com. Of course, you can visit EWTNnews.com as well. But for the overall general programming, EWTN.com. And Doug, you were chatting during the break about re-airing the uh, transgender agenda. And you made a really good point that when you were way ahead of the game, because if you look at what's happening now, especially in the last couple of months and with the president saying that we have to give the award for Women's History Month or International Women's Day to a, a biological man who identifies as a woman who may have gone through some surgery. I'm not sure about that, but he identifies as a woman. It's wow. You guys were really, really ahead of everything. Right. Uh, I, I mean, I think we were. I think we followed up the original Wolf in Sheep's Clothing with this one. And I think when right. it came out, I think people we were on the edge of where we are. And now we were, we fell off the cliff. And so I think it's it's on uh, basically tomorrow night at 8 p.m. if you haven't seen it. And you check it out because it, again, help you understand how we suddenly ended up in this 
uh, this kind of uh, Alice through the looking glass kind of world we're now living in where suddenly everything you couldn't believe would be acted as if it was true uh, is now true. And to deny it becomes, uh, you know, it's like being at the Mad Hatter's tea party, you know. Mm -hmm. So people should check that out. We also have, you know, it's Lent and we have a, a very big event, a Lenten prayer service. Uh, by our good friend Archbishop Salvatore Cordelioni oh, yeah. from the Mission Dolores Basilica in San Francisco. A special event uh, happening uh, tomorrow at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, next week, we've got Lenten Reflections um, on Sunday from the Basilica Our Lady of Walsingham. Father Mark Elliott Smith. That's our home in England, so people can check that out. We've also got some new episodes of Catholic Come Home. We've got some on location. We've got, of course, the National Catholic Prayer Breakfast, which our entire news team is going to be covering. Uh, Tracy uh, and et Al will be there for that on Tuesday at 9.30 a.m. Uh, we have it uh, airing in tape delay because we have to we don't like to preempt the Mass for anything. Even the right. National Catholic Prayer Breakfast, we keep that. And then next week, we've got a couple of new programs, a program on St. Joseph, a five-part miniseries, um, and lots of other great Lent-related programming that people can check out on EWTN.com. And if you miss anything, go to our On Demand page or our YouTube channel. Uh, and we also have uh, Podcast Central, where we have not only all of the programs that we uh, populate our network with, but uh, some of the best of the rest around the country for those people who are listening to podcasts, and many young people do. Yeah, absolutely. Talking with Doug Kack, President and Chief Operating Officer of EWTN. We do the Inside Word every Friday, getting a look at what's happening. I wanted to go back to talking about the two specials, a Wolf in Sheep's Clothing and the Transgender Agenda. Even a Wolf in Sheep's Clothing was so well done in terms of giving us a real perspective. When you look back, it, sometimes when you see societal changes, Doug, and you and I are old enough to <laughs> to look back. You know, <laughs> we were just Slightly. talking about, about Juan being 26 years old. We're like, wow, how, I don't remember that one. But... Um, <laughs> Thinking about how quickly things have come upon us. Right, absolutely. I think that's the biggest thing for all of us who've been around the block, uh, so to speak. It's not that some of these things weren't foreseen. It's just the, the pell-mell rush to accept them and not only for them to kind of show up but quickly become pushed uh, not only as mainstream but but as gospel and as doctrine and as dogma so you go from some level of gee you shouldn't be you know these people they feel this way so okay i guess they can act that way and i think that's okay too no you don't understand you need to accept this you need to acknowledge it and in fact you may find out that this is actually better than what it was before but you know we also live in a crazy world where on one level we have people who, with uh, uh, you know, homosexual tendencies um, where the idea is, well, I'm born this way and I can't change. Okay. And then you have other people saying, well, sexuality is totally fluid. I can decide what I want. Well, how can those two be things right. be true at the same mm -hmm. time? Mm -hmm. And there is a, there, there's a tension there, and I think that's the world we're living in. That's why uh, the news, the idea of beyond truth, that's what we're dealing with. I mean, years ago on EWTN, we, ad we adapted or adopted, I should say, the great line Veritatis Splendor from uh, John Paul II's wonderful mm -hmm. 
document on truth. And even now it's uh, live truth, live Catholic, because right. we saw that so much of what was important was for EWTN, EWTN radio, and all of the things the church puts out from the media is to tell people, regardless of what you think, this is what the truth is. This is what the church teaches. Now you can disagree with it. You can agree with it, whatever you'd like. But you need to understand what it is when you're and use that as your touchstone uh, when you're gauging other things in your life. Everything is not relative. Everything is relational to the truth of Jesus Christ. And when you raise the questions, for example, and you point out that uh, even there's a song, right, by Lady Gaga, Born This Way, and where this is embraced and no, I cannot change, and yet you see so many people in Hollywood who are, are fluid in terms of their own sexuality. What, what One day I decided that I'm, I want to be with this particular sex, the other day it's this sex, or you see obviously this the situation with, with the tr those who are identifying a different gender totally. And then when you raise the question about that, well, how are those two? Those two are inconsistent. You can't have both. You can't have it both ways. Then you are attacked and you're called a bigot and you're of called course. a homophobe well, and everything that, else. Right. That's where you get the Saul Alinsky tactic, that right. you don't respond to the question. You attack the person individually and you just don't try to defect. Uh, de de defeat their argument you try to destroy the person making the argument the argument isn't important that person needs to be demonized and then destroyed and that's what you mm -hmm. see exactly as soon as somebody brings up this and that's the problem in a world of relativism where people i feel this way i feel this way they can hold two diametrically opposed positions and act like there's no conflict mm -hmm. because it's not about how they really think logically it's how they feel and well i right. can feel anything i want about anything i feel like and if if you disagree with them, then you're biased or you're or you're this. I had that happen with the listener. Right. Of, I think this woman just stumbled across our network. I don't think she was a regular listener, but I was trying. I, I was explaining what we do here, and she said, "Well, you should just be doing fact and not your opinion." I said, "Well, opinions are not void of fact. <laughs> it's like right. opinions right. are a reflection on reality. Someone is weighing in on an issue." I said, "I am a talk show host. Yes, I'm trained right. as a journalist, but I am a talk show host, and so I I am allowed to give my opinion in this format, and often do based on my experience." Right. And you're not hiding the fact that you're offering an opinion. Listen, right. uh, we're a Catholic network. Obviously, we have a Catholic perspective, uh, and you should understand that coming in, that that obviously is going to be uh, the frame on which we look at things. Uh, of course, that's understood. We're not trying to hide behind the idea, well, this is a secular outfit, and this is right down the middle, but we just happen to like the way the Catholic Church does things. It's well, very clear. the secular news, they don't run things right down the middle. They're extremely left, and the surveys back that up. But they act like they are. Yes, exactly. Well said, Mr. Keck, and we will talk next week. Doug Keck, President and Chief Operating Officer of EWTN, for our Inside Word. Great programming. Don't miss a beat. EWTN.com. We'll be right back. Join St. Mary of Carmel Catholic School in Dallas as they present Father Greg Boyle on Thursday, March 9th at the Terry Center at Jesuit College Preparatory School in Dallas. The talks take place at 7 p.m. and proceeds benefit St. Mary of Carmel Catholic School. Boyle is the founder of Homeboy Industries in Los Angeles, the largest gang intervention, rehabilitation, and reentry program in the world. For more information and to purchase tickets, visit smsschool.org. Hi, it's Trent Horn, host of the Council of Trent podcast. Come join me and my fellow apologetics fans at a trivia competition March 25th from 6 to 9 p.m. at the Texas Room in Carrollton. 
I'll be hosting and you'll be answering. Buy your tickets at rcahybrid.org forward slash Dallas dash Texas. That's rcahybrid.org forward slash Dallas dash Texas. Dinner, drinks, prizes, and more all in support of Regina Chaley Academy. Catholic Daughters and Capel are hosting their second annual spring market on March 25th from 9am to 3pm at St. Anne Parish. Kick off your bunny slippers and hop on over with your gal pals for a day of shopping extravaganza. They will have a family Easter basket raffle, fresh baked treats and unique items for family, friends and home. Save the date, March 25th at 700 East Sandy Lake Road, under the clock tower. See you there. Hi, this is Walter Crawford with Homeschool Connections, a proud sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. I'm excited to announce the start of a new organization, Good Counselor Careers. We are dedicated to helping high school students make the transition from high school to the next phase of their life. Whether that direction is in business, academia, trades, religious life, military, or even a gap year. Through our many resources, your teen will define their interests and values to develop a keen understanding of how they can find God's plan for them. More information can be found at goodcounselcareers.com. Journalism does not come about by choosing a profession, but by embarking on a mission. Your mission is to explain the world, to make it less obscure, to make those who live in it less afraid of it, and look at others with greater awareness and also more confidence. It is not an easy mission. That is a quote from the Holy Father, Pope Francis, on the homepage of our website for Journalism in a Post-Truth World, presented by EWTN News and Franciscan University. And again, as I've been mentioning, you can go to franciscan.edu and then just put in the title of the conference, Journalism in a Post-Truth World, because you can still register online. And it's only $10 to follow this amazing conference online. We have a number of people coming in town today or already here. The conference is starting right now. There'll be the first panel taking place this morning at 10 o'clock. And as soon as I leave the studios here at WMET at the EWTN News Headquarters in D.C., I'll be heading over to the wonderful Bible Museum where this is taking place. And as you heard Doug just say, this is why this event is so important. It is giving journalism students, young journalists, journalists who have been in the business a while, such as myself, an opportunity to really say, how do we continue to practice this profession in a post-truth world? So I'm talking tomorrow afternoon regarding the issue of faith and reporting. Now, there's a number of things I'm going to share with those who are in attendance. First of all, faith and reporting could be a person of faith working in the secular media, as I was for many years after I came back to the church, and covering various issues. It can also mean reporting in the sense as I am now, right? I wear many hats. Yes, I am trained as a journalist, but technically I'm a talk show host on Catholic Connection, which is a Catholic show, as Doug said, so we're all about educating in the faith and speaking from a truly Catholic perspective. So that's part of it as well. I also do still write articles and and cover things, so I'm still working in the sense as a journalist. But how do we do this in a post-truth world? How do you help people connect the dots, which is one of the responsibilities of a reporter in in terms of laying out a full story and giving them the full content? Not that you make a decision for them, but you ask the questions. Why isn't anyone asking the question, as Doug pointed out, where in many circles 
those who are same-sex attracted say, I was born this way, I can't change. And then over and over again, you hear people say at the same time, sexuality is fluid. How can you have an International Women's Day and a biological man being given an award? And why do we need, as Father Mitch and I discussed yesterday on this very program, why do we need an International Women's Day if it's all fluid? And Aaron and I being biased or bigoted if I talk about women particularly or men particularly? These are the questions that are not asked of, by the secular media of people who are pushing these agendas. And it's extremely difficult to be a journalist in a post-truth world. Now, if you are a reporter of faith, if you're someone who's in the media and you're a person of faith, actually it should be anyone, even if you're not a person of faith, you should be interested in objectivity, attempting balance. If you're working as a news person, as opposed to someone who's coming at it from an opinion editorial basis, if you are hired as an opinion writer, that means you are able to give in the secular world, whether it's in a newspaper, a radio station, a TV station, you're able to give your commentary, your reflection on a factual situation that happened. You can't make up the facts. Opinions are not void of fact. But you are able to then comment openly as a columnist, as a commentator, contributor. It's different if you are a news person. Claiming to be objective, claiming to be part of an outlet that is covering things, as Doug mentioned, straight down the middle. And this is a continual challenge for those in the business. This is why I love our church so much, because the church has so many documents and so much information about media, proper usage of the media. I know I sound like a broken record for those of you who remember vinyl records, but hey, you know what? They're in museums now, so check it out. And as Doug said last week, they're becoming even more popular. Rapid Development, The Rapid Development by John Paul II. World Communications Day statements that come out every year on the Feast of St. Francis of the Sales and that are celebrated later in May. All the different documents that we have, Intermerifica, wonderful things from Vatican II. Catechism of the Catholic Church, I believe it's paragraphs 2493 through 2499 on the means of social communications. And if you read what the church has to say, even the short paragraphs in the catechism, and I'm going to talk about this tomorrow on the panel, of which I'm a part, that the catechism, that segment of the catechism should be posted in all the newsrooms. Because it talks about the basics of what people should expect from the media, in particular the news media in reporting the truth. Unfortunately, that doesn't happen enough, as is the case with Ron DeSantis quite often, who is someone that the media, for the most part, do not like because he's very, very solid in his Catholic faith, and he's very strong in terms of pro-life, pro-family, and he's very, very concerned about children being over-sexualized. In my personal opinion, I think he's doing a great job of erasing, erasing these things that need to be discussed, the questions that need to be asked. He's being criticized for cracking down on the educational system in Florida for putting forth pornographic material to young children. And he's calling it a media hoax and a cultural hoax. Let's play a bite, Andrew, from the press conference that the governor of Florida had earlier this week exposing what's really going on. I think it's the first cut that we ran in the news yesterday, Andrew, if you want to share that with our listeners. A lot of that what's been going on is an attempt to create a, a political narrative 
And it's a false political narrative, and that's that's bad enough as it is, I guess. But but for me, uh, the important thing is is that's a false narrative in service of using our schools for indoctrination rather than education. And we've drawn a very firm line in the sand in Florida about that. So what is the truth about the situation with these books? I encourage you to go to the governor's Facebook page, Governor of Florida, his Facebook page, and watch the press conference, at least watch the first video that's shown, and they have a list of the books that were pulled from the schools. And we're not talking about something that's very mild or something that that maybe they just don't like a particular author. We are talking, as he said, about pornographic material. I had to stop the video. It was so gross. I'm not going to get into details. But these are books that are being put in the grade schools for young children. And what did the media do? With a total disregard for the truth, they made it sound as if he was racist, that he was backward, he was oppressed. And he is against all kinds of people and issues. That is not the case. He is th- what he presented yesterday, and I, I totally agree with him. I think he's and I think he's doing a good job. Again, my opinion. This is about parents being able to understand what's being presented to their children in the classroom, and young kids able to live their lives as children without being over sexualized or indoctrinated. And the books that were pulled extremely graphic in nature. Graphic not only in the words, in the writing, but graphic in the images. Take a look. Go look at the books. And yet the media are claiming that he's a bigot, that he's backward. That is not the truth. That is why what we're doing today and tomorrow, journalism in a post-truth world, just one example of what we're dealing with in the media and why it's so important for journalists to be well-trained, and to put the truth out there. As John Paul II said, truth does not change. Truth will not go away. But are we willing to put it out there? That's a question we're going to be addressing this weekend. We'll be right back. With praise and thanksgiving to Almighty God, the Catholic Diocese of Fort Worth announces the Transitional Diaconate Ordination Mass of Eric H. Flores and Benjamin H. Grothaus on Saturday, March 25th at 10 a.m. at St. Philip the Apostle Parish in Flower Mound. All are invited to attend this special event for the Diocese of Fort Worth. Please contact the Vocations Office at 817-945-9321 for more information or questions. St. Joseph is a patron saint of home and family. At My Mutual Mortgage of Grapevine, we support the Guadalupe Radio Network's mission of honoring and supporting home and family as longtime sponsors of KATH 910 AM. We're Bob and Norma Duane, owners of My Mutual Mortgage of Grapevine. We would be honored to speak with you about all your mortgage needs. We can be reached at 817-527-3166. That's 817-527-3166. We are an Eagle Housing Lender, NMLS 265303. 
Irish Eyes Are Smiling on Bella House, a faith-based home for pregnant women, and all KUTH 910 AM listeners are invited to celebrate the gift of life, St. Patrick, and family at St. Rita Parish's Sweeney Hall on Saturday, March 18th from 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. Come enjoy delicious food from McGuire's Restaurant, live Irish music from the Beyond the Pale Band, plus Irish dancing. Tickets can be purchased at bellahouse.org irish. That's bellahouse.org irish. Did you know that Mother Angelica would be 100 years old this year? In honor of this great occasion, the Guadalupe Radio Network Spring share has the theme of celebrating the 100th birthday of Mother Angelica. It begins on Tuesday, March 21st till Friday, March 24th, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. each day. We ask you to prayerfully consider calling in and making a donation to support Catholic Radio. Every donation of any size will be entered into a drawing for a pilgrimage for two to the EWTN headquarters in Irondale, Alabama. The number to call that week is 800-476-3311. Thank you in advance for your support. Hello, I'm Joshua Stafish, a member of Modern Day Parish in Irving and a new sponsor here at KATH 910 AM. I'm the co-owner of Absolute Painting. We serve customers throughout the DFW Metroplex, help them with home improvement projects, both interior and exterior, along with painting, drywall, foundation repairs, and other projects, large and small. I welcome your opportunity to prepare an estimate for your next project. You can find us at AbsolutePTG.com or by phone and text at 972-375-5100 joining us. Good morning, Teresa. Always happy to join you. Just back from the Holy Land, got three speaking engagements around the country, and I fly back to Israel again with Canada. <laughs> Sounds the- like my schedule. I'm down in D.C. Uh, yeah. Let's see, I go to Florida twice next week, California, and then uh, in April back to Italy. So, yeah, crazy. Yeah. yeah. All right, so tell and us the story of the 40 martyrs. Well, this took place in uh, early church history, and there was a time where... Uh, you know, when we when Christianity first came out of the shoots there at Pentecost, it was just in the Israel area, you know, Jerusalem, Judea, but it spread, and it spread across the Roman Empire because the Romans had nothing to live for. They knew their gods were mythical, and they saw the Christians who just lived differently. The Christians had a something worth living for, but not only worth living for, something even worth dying for, and some of them were converted because they watched the Christians die. And I'll give you one example before we jump into the story about these 40 soldiers. Justin Martyr, who was a philosopher, he even wore the philosopher's pallium, which is the way you could spot a philosopher back then. They had a special uniform almost that he wore. And it says that he, one of the reasons he converted was because he watched the Christians die. And mm. he said... How can they die like that? We say they're criminals. They're cannibals because they eat the flesh and blood. They're incestuous because they have these love feasts where they kiss one another. And they are atheists because they don't have any visible gods that they bow down and worship. So if these people are such criminals and such horrible people that are causing all the uh, problems in the Roman Empire, how can they die with such nobility? Look at them. They pray for one another. They sing hymns to their God while the lions are tearing them apart. They care for one another. How can they die like that? They must have something and know something we don't know. And then the Romans would begin to look into the thing that the Christians had, 
And they found out that they believed in a different God and that this God had created the world and that he had sent his son. And they had something different called the resurrection of the body. Mm. Romans believed that there was some kind of an afterlife, but the body was more of a prison. The body was something that kept you down, that that it enslaved your soul, so to speak. And when you died, finally that cage dropped off and your soul was free. The Christians, though, believed that the body was also immortal and that all human beings are made in the image of God and had to be treated as though they were immortal people to live forever, inestimable value. That's why the early Christians fought against abortion and infanticide and all this. And so the Christian faith spread like wildfire through the Roman Empire and even among the soldiers. And the soldiers were converted. They began to be Christians, and there was like a a club of them inside, you know, a a network of Christians inside the military. And then this this story here, um, it's been written in different ways, but it Mm -hmm. is a true story. St. Basil, doctor of the church, in, I think, the 4th century, told of the heroic martyrdom in a homily that he gave. And um, ex- they were executed 50 years before his episcopate, so he knew of them. And there is even to this day in the Armenian section of the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem, there is an altar, a chapel dedicated to these 40 uh, soldiers, Roman soldiers. So it's a wow. true story, and it happened. And to read the story, it took me about five minutes to read it, but I think it, it's it's really good. It's, it's the way. Yeah, I pulled is. up a, a website, and this is, was in uh, present day Armenia, but it's interesting, and, and you can go ahead and read it, but, but how they were moved by, by what they saw in the Christians uh, for their faith. So go yeah. ahead and read a little yeah. bit of it, Steve. Okay, um, I'll start out when the great Roman army was sent to fight in faraway Gaul. No soldiers were braver or more loyal than this band of wrestlers led by their centurion Vespasian. But news reached Nero that many Roman soldiers had accepted the Christian faith, and a decree was dispatched through the centurion. And it says, if there be any among your soldiers who cling to the faith of the Christians, they must die. Vespasian called the soldiers together and asked, are any of you Christians? Forty of them stepped forward and stood at attention. He had not expected so many, nor such select soldiers as these. Vespasian pleaded with them earnestly without prevailing upon a single man to deny his Lord. They said no. Finally, he said, the decree of the emperor must be obeyed. I order you to march out upon the lake of ice. The 40 soldiers were stripped and marched forward into the center of the lake of ice. They broke into the chant that they did in the arena. They broke into a chant. Forty wrestlers wrestling for thee, O Christ, to win for thee the victory and the victor's crown. They they chanted this as they went out onto the ice. As morning drew near, one figure, overcome by exposure, crept quietly toward the fire. They built fires along the shore to entice them to come back. These naked men, soldiers out on the ice, building fires and enticing them to come back. And one guy came back, and he got the the, the difference between the heat and the cold. He died. They had these warm baths, I've been told, that they got into, and he got into the, and they killed him because of the contrast instantly. So as they drew near, one of them came back to the fire and renounced the Lord. From the darkness came the song, now changed to... 39 wrestlers wrestling for thee, O Christ, to win to thee the victory and the victor's crown. One of the guards 
set to keep watch over the martyrs, beheld at this moment a supernatural brilliant light overshadowing the frozen men. At once he proclaimed himself also a Christian, threw off his garments, threw his sword into the snow, and marched out onto the ice with the 39 soldiers of Christ. And again, the chant went up from the darkness, 40 wrestlers wrestling for thee, O Christ, to win for thee the victory and for thee the victor's crown. At daybreak, the stiffened, frozen body of these confessors, which still showed signs of life, were burned and the ashes cast into a river. Wow. Now, when I give the talk, I say, what a waste of life. Forty amazing men with families, with business opportunities back home when they would get out retire from the military. What a waste. They could have just denied Christ and come back in, go on to confession on Saturday. But if I called those 40, Teresa, if you and I brought them in on your show tomorrow, and did an interview with them and said, you guys, you 40 guys, that you stayed out there on the ice. You could have come in, but you did it because of Christ. Do you think it was a waste of your life? Do you think any of those men would say we were fools, we should have come back in? No, they would have said no. that was our way to God. Because no. Jesus said, if you deny me before men, my father will deny you. Before, he'll deny you. Oh, would, yeah, he will deny you before. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And wow. what does it gain a man... To profit, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? His soul. Yeah. And if you brought these men together, these 40 soldiers of Sebastian, said to them, do you think it was a waste of time in your life and all the opportunities you gave up and the grief you brought to your family? They would say no, because we earned our way to God. And probably because of that, many others have been converted also. So their actions not only made the affirmation of the value of human life and the dignity of this new Christian religion that gave dignity to, and that also has eternal life, not just for the spirit, but also for the body. And the Roman Empire converted to Christianity over time because they watched men like these. You know what I find so so powerful is you think about, well, in the United States, there's so much white martyrdom going on right now. And by the way, we're chatting with pilgrimage leader, convert speaker Steve Ray, CatholicConvert.com is his website, about the 40 martyrs of Sebaste uh, from Armenia. That's where this actually happened in uh, current-day Armenia. They were known as the Thundering Legion, 40 soldiers of different nationalities. If you think about the white martyrdom, and you know what came to mind? Uh, Mark Houck, who was arrested. I yeah. mean, just the, the all the, these agents show up at his house with long guns and he's like literally in chains and all for trying to, you know, standing outside of an abortion facility and trying to protect his son from one of the, uh, the, the pro-abortion escorts that was there. But anyway, long story short, I remember the story of his wife telling him because they offered him a deal because the prosecution knew that they probably weren't going to get a conviction because the charges were so, so far-fetched and what they were going to try to get him to go to prison for 11 years, ridiculous, among other things. And they wanted him to plead guilty. To, okay, well, we'll get it down to a misdemeanor, but we still want a guilty plea. So in other words, they would have that guilty plea and they could they could hang that over his head and the pro-life movement's head for decades and years and years to come. And his wife said, if you accept that, don't come home. (laughs) So in other words, she knew she both of them knew that this was this was a white martyrdom. He could go to prison for this. But if he gave in and said, yes, I'm guilty, he wasn't guilty of anything. And he said, no, I'm going to stand strong. I'm going to trust God. And he was he was completely, uh, you know, exonerated of every single charge. So this is a reminder for us to stand strong, correct? 
It is. And, you know, I heard um, the interrogation of the attorney uh, general uh, by the uh, yes. Congress. And Merrick just Garland, made a yep. fool mm-hmm. of them. Says, you guys, you bring your long guns that you are supposedly, the government is so much against the use Anti-gun, of long guns. Anti-gun, right. Very happily brought them to a Christian man and threatened his children. And do you know how long it took for him to be acquitted of that crime? One hour. Hour. You guys should have known that. See, but there are, we are living now in what I would call a pagan world. That's what my talk, Swimming Upstream, is all about, how the Christians were, were started out in a very Greco-Roman pagan world that was opposed to Christianity, and they were a despised subculture, persecuted. And then Christianity swept the world, and the world converted. But now, about a 100 years ago, the whole Western world is sliding right back into a very similar paganism yep. and doing the same things again, denying God. God denying reality. Mm-hmm. Yes, and denying reality. A boy can be a girl, and a girl can be a boy, and it's okay to kill a baby as long as the parents don't want it. And so we're, what we're doing is going right back to the paganism that the early Christians experienced, and we now are also a despised subculture, and we are going to have to stand up, and we're going to be persecuted, and it's not going to get any better. And I fear for my grandkids, 19 grandkids now, and I tell my, my kids to raise my grandchildren to be martyrs. And little Maria Faustina, but Grandpa, why do you want us all to die? And I remember her saying that. I remind, she's now 20 years old. I reminded her <laughs> when she said that. Wow, she's 20. I remember when you originally told that story, Time Flies. Yeah. No, they're, they're, i got grandkids in university now. It's amazing. But anyway, I, I said to her, I don't want you to die, but I want you to know there is something worth dying for. You never, ever deny Jesus or his church. You never deny. You never collapse, never cave in, even if you have to die for it. And that's the way my grandkids are being raised. And so... This is, we are now becoming part of another despised subculture, but we have heroes to look back to. We have these 40 soldiers of Sebastia who still, that, like Augustine said, that these martyrs, their voices speak louder now than when they were alive. Their actions echo around the world, Augustine said. And so these martyrs, their voices are still crying out. And this is a feast day today. What a great day to remember yep. them. Mm-hmm. And their, their voices are echoing and they're telling us, you are living in a world now very much like ours. And you too may be persecuted. But let us tell you from the glories of heaven that if you have to die for Jesus Christ, it's a noble thing to do. If you have Amen. to suffer a white martyrdom or a red martyrdom, whatever it is. I don't want, I hate pain, Teresa. I don't like suffering, but I pray to God that if ever comes time for me to be a martyr, I'll do it with, with to the glory of God. Yeah, well, well said, Steve, and what a great, great testimony on this beautiful feast day today. And by the way, you can check out Steve's great work, CatholicConvert.com, or for his pilgrimage information, Footprints of God Pilgrimage. Also, there's a link on CatholicConvert.com. And you know what I was thinking, Steve, it just hit me. We're having this conference starting today. I'm in D.C. reporting uh, from Washington. I'm part of this conference, Journalism in a Post-Truth World. How timely for today, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's a good way to put it, post-truth, because there is no truth anymore. We gave up the idea that there was any objective truth long ago in our culture, and now people just do whatever they want to do because there is no truth. And that's where Christianity screams at the world and said there is truth. God created the world. There is such a thing as objective truth, and if you don't live according to the truth, you're the ones that are going to suffer for it. 
Amen. Steve, thanks so much. Great to hear from you, and hopefully we can hear from you when you get back to the Holy Land. Going back in a few weeks, our dear friend Steve Ray, author, speaker, convert to the faith. Check out his beautiful website and all of his great work through Pilgrimage, and it would be CatholicConvert.com. We'll be right back to let you know what's coming up on a Monday. Stay tuned. This is Ken Hampton, General Manager of the Sword, St. George, Kansas. I always strive to remember that every one of us is a wounded soul in need of God's love. There is no better place on the airways for wounded souls to encounter God's mercy and love than Catholic Radio. Catholic Radio is important. The world needs EWTN Catholic Radio, now more than ever. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. Maybe you've been hearing a lot about the need to make a spiritual communion while participating from home in a live-streamed or broadcast Mass. By asking for spiritual communion, we are acknowledging that the Holy Mass is the perfect best way to worship God. The priest intercedes perfectly for us with God the Father because he acts in persona Christi. This is the time to see that through the priest's representation of Christ's sacrifice on Calvary, we are never separated from our Lord. Jesus, I embrace you and unite myself wholly to you. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network, and thanks to all the folks here at WMET, our studios, our Guadalupe Radio affiliate, 1160 AM on the dial if you're in D.C. Check out Journalism in a Post-Truth World. I'll be going there right after I sign off, heading over to the Bible Museum in the nation's capital. It's going to be a great two days. Very excited about hearing a lot of the speakers and just soaking up their wisdom and knowledge. And you may do the same by simply checking out, even if you're not here, you can go online because it's going to be streamed live. Thanks. Have a great weekend. And I'll have an update on the Sunrise Morning Show and Catholic Connection on a Monday. Ciao, ciao. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E Maria Radio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection. Celebrating the culture of life. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.
Catholic Daughters of the Americas from St. Martin, DePore's Catholic Church in Prosper is holding an online fundraiser through March 12th. They have partnered with Prayer Pillowcases, a Catholic family business, to offer Catholic gifts for Easter and sacramental celebrations. Online ordering can be done at prayerpillowcases.com. Simply go to prayerpillowcases.com and use the code CDMG750 to place your orders today. That's CDMG750. Hello, my name is Liz Mertz. My husband, Bill, and I own Master Tech Auto Repair and Planning. We are proud sponsors of Catholic Radio. Our family has been parishioners of St. Gabriel's and McKinney for many years. Master Tech is a full-service auto repair for all vehicles, from oil changes to complete engine replacement or transmission service. We are located just across the street from St. Mark's Parish in Plano. You can contact us at 972-578-1841 or www.mastertechplano.com. Thank you, and may you have a blessed day. Blessed be God, blessed be His holy name, blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man, blessed be the name of Jesus, blessed be His most sacred heart, blessed be His most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary most holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be St. Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Catholic Radio for your soul. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.